Welcome to the In The Clouds podcast. In The Clouds is a marketing cloud podcast powered by Lev, the most influential marketing-focused Salesforce consultancy in the world. Lev is customer experience obsessed, and podcast hosts Bobby Tishy and Cole Fisher have partnered with some of the world's most well-known brands to help them master meaningful one-on-one connections with their customers. In this podcast, they'll combine strategy and deep technical expertise to share best practices, how-tos, and real-life use cases and solutions for the world's top brands using Salesforce products today. Welcome to the In the Clouds podcast. This is Bobby Tishy alongside Cole Fisher, and we are joined today by Olivia Miller, a uh, solution architect here at Lev who focuses on Datarama. And today we're going to jump into all things Datarama. We'll go through a high level overview of what it is and what it isn't, main use cases, talk about the differences between Datarama and Tableau, as well as what it looks like to actually implement the solution as well. And then uh, we'll carve things off with a couple of sample customers and how they're using um, Datarama as well. But uh, Olivia, if you wouldn't mind first just introducing yourself and telling us a little bit more about you. Sure. Uh, thanks for having me. My name is Olivia. I'm a solution architect at Lev, a part of the Emerging Services Group. So my focus is on Datarama and now Audience Studio as well. And yeah, happy to be here. Happy to talk about a great platform such as Datarama, uh, which is the correct pronunciation, I might add. <laughs> it's not Datarama or Datarama or anything like that? No, I've heard many, many other words combining with Datarama as well, but um, just Datarama, that's it. Awesome. Oh, Datarama was the original Latin pronunciation many, many years ago, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that the unspoken language had a previous uh, uh, <laughs> interpretation. So uh, just to give you guys a little bit of background, like Olivia mentioned, she's on the emerging services team here at Lev, which focuses on all new Salesforce products like Datarama and Audience Studio. Uh, we were recently named the number one Datarama partner for Salesforce uh, for last year. Um, and uh, we also recently were the first partner to receive our audience studio accreditation as well. So something that we're really investing in is not only um, what Salesforce is currently doing, but also as they acquire new products or launch new products, making sure that we're doing a good job of uh, keeping up with Joneses, so to speak. So um, if you wouldn't mind, Olivia, just giving us a, a high-level overview of Datarama for those out there that may not know anything about it or may just be hearing about it for um, maybe the second or third time. Sure. Yeah. So Datarama is a data analytics and visualization tool. So, um, And what makes it really special is that it's um, kind of designed and really advantageous for marketers. So if you're tracking data across all different sorts of sources of platforms like Google Ads, Analytics, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, maybe you have some custom, um, custom data warehouse locations or custom files that you're getting every day, Datarama is going to be the place where you can upload and connect all of that data to be able to see it in one place. 
Um, so you're eliminating the 50 tabs open in your browser. You're eliminating the 10 Excel workbooks open and you're just logging into one platform um, and being able to see that data visualized in most cases harmonized together, which we can get into in a little bit. Um, and with, with some powerful um, analytics tools. Very cool. I think one thing that a lot of times there's a, a misconception of Datarama versus Tableau, especially when we talk about visualization. And so I'd love to hear your perspective on kind of the main differences there. Sure. Well, um, like I mentioned before, Datarama is, is really a marketing focused tool and it has a lot of built-in API connectors to almost any marketing tool that you can think of. So instead of having to go into Google ads per se and, and download a report, export that and re-upload that into Datarama to get that data to show there, there's a built a native built-in API connection. Um, and for many, for many tools, there's also a standard and a custom connector for that as well. So you're not just getting the out-of-the-box data that you might um, normally get from Google Ads reporting. You can customize that to the needs of your business. Um, so that's what I would really say makes Datarama special and a super powerful tool for marketers specifically. I think the other really cool piece about it is that Datarama sits on its own. It's a cloud offering. It is, does not require any kind of an on-prem or data warehouse solution or anything like that as to where Tableau has to sit on top of something. So I think especially to your point, Olivia, of just being more marketer friendly, Datarama provides not only the, the ease of use within the user interface, but also just getting it set up and integrated as well. Yeah, I think it's one thing is, and I'm sure Olivia, you've probably run into this a lot, um, where customers begin to see the, you know, the, the differentiators between Datarama and Tableau, you know, with, with ETL capabilities, with, you know, independence and, and the, you know, pre-built connectors and everything like that. But a lot of customers either already have Tableau or use Tableau for specific features uh, within their business. And the two actually work well together um, and, and are not necessarily competitors. I mean, considering, you know, Salesforce also does own both of them. So they're really not built to be competitors, right? But a lot of the times they're being used one in conjunction with the other. Yeah, absolutely. I've worked on a few use cases um, where Datarama is really just um, empowering Tableau or supplementing it as well. In terms of implementation and kind of like the typical timeline requirements from customers, that sort of thing, can you kind of share with us how you typically approach implementing Datarama and some things that are important to keep in mind? Yeah, I actually think um, one thing that's kind of interesting to think about is that a lot of the uh, customers that I've worked with are actually kind of um, really kicking off or rolling into a new wave of marketing efforts um, at the same time that they've purchased and are standing up Datarama. So Datarama is almost this you know, benefit to being able to see right away these insights into uh, all these new marketing efforts that are being rolled out. Um, so of course, the sooner we can get access to the data sources we're going to ingest and analyze in Datarama, the better. Um, so that's really, we try, and, we try and kick everything off as fast as possible right away um, and work with customers on that so that there's plenty of time to ingest the data 
fit it to the data model of Datarama, um, start to get some initial analysis out there, and then um, kind of really begin to work on the, the harmonization aspect of the project. And what are the what are some typical data sources that a cust a company might bring in through those standard connectors? Through the standard connectors, um, usually Google Ads, Google Analytics, um, all the social platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Um, there are a ton of different um, social other media channels that. Um, customers will want connected into their Datarama in addition to lots of unique and um, specific flat files to, to their business as well. So Olivia, outside of like those, you know, hundred or more uh, hundred plus productized connectors within Datarama, um, when are cases when, you know, we would need to build an integration custom or when Lev would come in and develop their own connector? Yeah, so Datarama um, can also integrate with other Salesforce products um, in a standard way, and also Lev has um, customized that a little bit. So there's a standard marketing cloud connector, which is some really great way to get insight into email performance. Um, But also Lev has worked with customers to be able to even dig further into those insights. So we our emerging services team worked on building a customized um, connector, if you will, to pull specific data extensions from Marketing Cloud, as well as get insights into um, subscriber information. That's been really useful for customers too. So, you know, for instance, if if you're looking for standard email KPIs, clicks, opens, unsubscribes, that's probably all standard in your um, typical marketing cloud connector, but if you're looking for anything that's um, specific individual uh, data, you know, purchases, things like that, or even um, uh, behavioral or affinity categorizations, we can actually pull that in through um, uh, a custom built integration directly from those data extensions. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And, and really quick, you mentioned, um, I think we mentioned Data Lake earlier. Can you expand a little on what exactly the, the Data Lake is within Datarama? Yeah, the Data Lake is is very new, I believe. Um, we work with one of two customers ever that currently have it. Um, but the Data Lake is really a place for granular raw, non-aggregated data sets to live. Um, So the typical Datarama licensing is based on row count, um, and the the data model really isn't built to support super granular raw data, so that's where the data lake is a really nice addition um, into being able to house that data and also write um, SQL queries directly off of it. So, for example, if you have a customer transaction database, um, the data lake would be a really good addition for you. And in what scenario does that does that data lake or, or should that data lake replace someone's data warehouse or um, any other kind of data solution? Or is it just another way, kind of more of an enhanced way to use Datarama? Um, yeah, you know, I think that the data lake um, is really just a way to leverage um, exactly how your tracking paths 
via media channels and way your customers are converting. Um, so you're not able to just see one kind of individualized view of a customer conversion. Um, so if, if one user saw two Facebook ads, they clicked on the second one, um, you're tracking these creatives and they got a Twitter ad um, and converted there or something with being able to query directly off the data lake and the data that's housed there, that's how you're um, able to kind of visualize those conversion paths and analyze cross-channel behavior. And I, I think too, to your point, being able to utilize a lot of this unaggregated data um, so that way someone doesn't necessarily have to worry about aggregating it outside of the platform. Um, they can do it inside the platform. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Um, a couple, uh, we had a couple use cases or um, I shouldn't say use cases, customers and examples we want to talk through. One was um, a solar company that we previously had talked about that is using it in conjunction with um, sales cloud. would love to learn a little bit more about what they're doing and how they're getting benefit from Datarama. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I really think one of the greatest achievements with that um, project with the solar company was um, unifying their sales and marketing data. So like you said, they integrated sales cloud with, into Datarama as well as um, had insights into their marketing efforts on um, Google ads and other social platforms. Uh, so it really was a large effort of data consolidation and better understanding their um, return on investments. So they could really just log into Datarama and see with those visuals um, how their advertising spend were, was affecting sales. Um, I think it was the first time for them that they were able to see uh, kind of the side-by-side -side overlay of their media spend and performance with sales numbers. Um, we were able to unify their existing Salesforce reporting um, and also provide additional insights for them that they normally would, would have to wait um, for a period of time on if they wanted a specific report on certain metrics. Um, so I think that was a huge achievement as well. Um, so we kind of provided solutions for separate and lagging data with um, the capabilities of Datarama. What's your favorite thing about Datarama? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, this is going to sound surface level, but once you do kind of all the hard data work and you get everything together, um, Datarama has this tool called Instabrand and you can like kind of immediately bring a page of data to life with colors and whatever specific brand you want to use. And it's kind of like a wow moment and I enjoy it. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. So you can kind of bring in your own like brand styling and guidelines and that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Oh, so very Olivia, cool. Olivia, you like icing when you eat cake, don't you? Is that your favorite? <laughs> this feels like the icing on the cake, right? I that think moment? I like icing when I eat cake, so <laughs> yeah, that's biased. <laughs> Uh, this feels like the icing on the cake moment when you see the brand and wrapped in all you know all the data wrapped in that in that brand image. Because mm -hmm. uh, I know what you're talking. It's it's a very cool it's a very cool feature. Great. Um, Olivia, anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, you know, I just think that um, Datarama really um, has sort of a, a message or a goal of clicks, not code. So it's really its ultimate aim is, is to like, is to what I said before, to eliminate those 
multitude of tabs you have open in your browser, the multitude of Excel workbooks that you're, you're sending and, and exporting from certain different data sources and being able to put all of that into one platform into a, a really nice um, visual as well. In, in a way that's more of problem solving and critical thinking, you know, with, with the right people and their experience and um, in a sort of partnership that we have with our customers. And I really enjoy being able to leverage Datarama and, and help um, customers achieve insights into their data as well as improvement um, on spending and marketing efforts and all of those important projects. Yeah, Datarama feels like one of those products right now that is the uh, almost the quintessential like quick wins type of product mm -hmm. where you know every customer that's signing up for it is seeing some sort of um, immediate wins. Whether a lot of the times that's with you know whether it's media spend, um, you know beyond aggregate level um, reporting or insights into connecting data sources they've not had the ability to do before, and making it scalable, like you said, you know. Um, clicks over code, making it easily configured and, um, and scalable. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's super helpful. So um, thanks, Olivia, for sharing that with us. Um, I'm going to go off uh, on, on the total tangent here. Um, Olivia, we always end the uh, podcast with a section called Completely Unrelated. Um, and now since we're all doing this virtually and everybody's listening virtually, um, it makes sense to kind of go through your uh, – social isolation uh, survival kit. So what are, the, what are the, you know, handful of things that you guys need to navigate successfully through social isolation so you don't climb the walls? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough question. I don't, I know. Or are you climbing the walls? <laughs> <laughs> you lost that battle already? <laughs> only, only about once a week. It's not that bad yet. <laughs> um, I I like to you know what I'm really leveraging my the privilege that I have to virtually connect with people that if I didn't have that I would be climbing the walls 24/7 so virtual facetimes phone calls all of that has been a very big blessing at this time yeah absolutely what about you Bobby Oh boy, I tell you, it's a it's a mix of Netflix uh, and food. So um, I, uh, for those of who I, I'm sure we've done the favorite movie at some point, but uh, a hidden little secret um, is I have not seen that many movies. Cole likes to like, joke that I've seen seven movies, and so I saw my eighth and ninth movie this weekend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> saw Miracle, which uh, a bit cheesy, but a good good family flick. Oh, I'm going to disagree um, on that point. <laughs> Fantastic movie. <laughs> and then also Outbreak, which was very, uh, <laughs> if uh, considering the times, uh, a very grim, but a good ending for sure. Good ending for sure. It was, uh, it was, it was good. And also, I, I find myself just eating spoonfuls of peanut butter all day long. <laughs> and I don't remember doing this before. <laughs> How about you, Cole? 
Uh, Bobby, your social isolation is going to come out with you just being uh, completely pear-shaped and barely fitting through your doors, which actually isn't fair because Bobby's technically been practicing social isolation for, for a couple of years now, at least since he moved to Austin. <laughs> so it's, not, it's not fair. you got a head start on all of us. Um, I, I knew this was coming. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I prepared. You're like, you, you had the Y2K pantry stocked up. <laughs> I sure do. I actually still have canned chicken from Y2K. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my survival kit, um, you know, I, I try to, uh, I've, I've been trying to accumulate like a home gym. Um, I think, uh, you know, Olivia, you pointed, you pulled up the point of being socially active. And for me, it's, it's very much that, like if I can stay socially and physically active, um, that does a, a world of difference in, you know, making sure that I can sleep well at night and, and I'm not, you know, completely over, um, you know, just a, a bundle of too much energy. Um, so I try to deplete myself um, socially. You know, we got on uh, yesterday for one of our first uh, after work uh, happy hours. That was lovely. Um, so, you know, that, that visual, uh, you know, uh, virtual like conferencing um, Zoom or Skype or whatever that's been super helpful. And then as well, just literally walking outside, getting a little bit of sun if it's out and, and you know, going for a jog or trying to deplete myself somehow uh, with a little bit of physical work. I feel like that's at least keeping my sanity up to this point. Yeah. It's, I think that's the main thing. Like we, even over the weekend, we just left like for an hour just to go for a drive and grab a cup of coffee through a drive through or something just to kind of put a break in the day of binging, <laughs> binging shows and food. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I noticed one thing is I like to dabble a little humor, at least for myself. So if I am out in public and people are around me, I'll start fake sneezing just as, just to, you know, get a rise and, you know, at least I can, at least I can appreciate keeping people on their toes. I got to do something to keep myself alive. Right. <laughs> Well, Olivia, thank you so much for joining us and talking about Datarama. Um, really, really appreciate it. And hopefully by the time this podcast airs, things have started to clear up from the pandemic, but hopefully everyone is, is staying safe. And we will talk to you soon. As always, you can write us at in the clouds at levdigital.com and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>